The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Should we sing a song about the teensy weensy virus? Yeah! Let's do it. The teensy weensy virus came along one day. It makes people sick, so we have to stay away. We wash our hands and wear our mask when we go out to play. So the teensy-weensy virus will finally go away. Bye-bye, virus. (laughs) See you later. Hey, welcome back, everybody. As we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk about the uh, teensy-weensy virus, which is actually a big deal. But uh, it's being made a little easier to handle by the creation of a uh, new book for preschoolers um, called The Teensy Weensy Virus Book and The Song We Just Heard for Preschoolers, written by retired pediatric and family nurse uh, practitioner Sherry Rose, who joins me by phone. Hi, Sherry. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thank you for having me. Did I take you by surprise with that song? No, but I was delighted. I was delighted. <laughs> I knew you were a musician, and I'm so glad you started with that. Um, well, I thought it was I, I thought it was fun because just the idea of uh, putting out this book, the Teensy Weensy Virus book and song for preschoolers. Um, Sherry, which came first, the song or the book? Oh, it was the book, and um, I was missing my grandson. So badly. He was only a little over two. And I couldn't hug him. I really couldn't see him safely. 
And um, so the book started, and I thought, as I wrote the book, I said, we have got to lighten this topic. And I've enjoyed music my whole life. I've sung, I've played the piano. And so I thought, we need, a, we need a song at the end of the book to make it happy. And as everyone heard, I thought it was a pretty happy song. <laughs> well, so, and, and sung to the tune of Itsy Bitsy Spider. Um, exactly. But it's um, but but how is the the book different from the song? Is it is it basically the same message, Sherry? Is it for young kids so they understand that uh, masks and distancing are, are are just ways of staying safe? Yes, yeah. and I even had a clinical psychologist review a book to make certain it was developmentally appropriate. Um, you can tell too much to preschoolers, but you can tell them enough to comfort them and reassure them. And yes, the text of the book pretty much says this in song. And as you know, with little children, if you reiterate things in different formats, it's true for adults too, we're more likely to remember them. So um, I, I hope that answered your question. Oh, absolutely. Um what made what made you think of of writing this book? Was it um, is this something you've ever done before? Never. Now I had started writing my memoirs, which has been a challenge because I've had lots of lots of unusual events in my life. But I paused. It was last July, and I was going to bed. My husband's been so supportive. And I thought, how does my precious grandson, Liam, I mean, he's just so little. We have seven grandchildren. The eighth should be arriving any moment. And um, I just thought, gosh, I need a book to read to him. And there are other little books about COVID and wearing masks. But as a retired healthcare provider, I felt like I had done pediatrics for so long. I knew what to write at a certain developmental level. And to make it simple, the colorful, you know, very bright, diverse characters. And I will have to admit, it was actually one of their granddaughters at age 15 did the illustrations. And I just think they they have really helped the book tremendously. Really? That's great, because the, um, yeah. the illustrations look wonderful. Well, we, we she has actually received acknowledgement from our state house of delegates for her work as a published illustrator at the age of 15. So when the session comes back live and people are back in school, that she will go down to air um, General Assembly and receive her, again, her um, acknowledgement and award for doing such an amazing thing at age 15. She works very, very hard. And that's Megan Brogan is her name. So. Well, she deserves she deserves mention and credit and and all of that because it is uh, a phenomenal accomplishment. It's uh, tough enough as as you're learning to get published. Has that been kind of an adventure? It, oh, oh my! <laughs> <There's just laughs> I would call it uh, almost like a marathon. In fact, I think I've developed chronic fatigue syndrome in the process because when you self-publish. Um, the reason for doing that was to try to get it to the market as fast as possible. But when you self-publish, you often um, print on demand. 
from a distributor. So if you go to Barnes & Noble, you're not going to see it, you know, in the children's section. They will order it for you, but access is really online. And that's been fairly frustrating. And trying to find an agent and another publisher to take over is a challenge. Um, but I, I have viewed this as a global mission. I've had to use personal money to do this. Um, but it's a way of giving back. And so I've had translations made. Um, I think there's a total of eight. And Spanish, Hindi, Brazilian Portuguese, um, Italian. I, I chose some of the continents and countries that we hit the hardest. I could not get Swahili, so I, the French should cover a number of African countries. And I'm also doing simple Chinese. It was not the fault of the people of China. And we're supposed to love everybody as well as Thai. So we're trying to get global distribution uh, now, and that's no simple task either. So, um, but I'm still trying to work now and then on my memoirs when I'm not taking care of my grandson. <laughs> What what kind of feedback are you getting uh, from from people who are able to get the book and read it? Um, I'm not getting a lot of feedback. Um, I think, unfortunately, there were some book, books that preceded mine. You know, I thought mine was was sort of special because I had the clinical insight through the virus and even put resources in the back of the book for parental review. You know, for more information. It's a very fluid science, obviously. Every single day you learn something different. So, um, you know, I think that the book was actually initially, the publication date was December the 12th. And I still don't have all the translations completed. Um, Amazon is supposed to be doing global distribution, as is even Spark the distributor. And, um, you know, I'm just hoping. Sometimes it takes a while, and I've been told sometimes it takes up to a year. And with the Delta variant hitting us so hard, um, you know, I think that there's changes in the book might be, you know, becoming more demand again. Um, I want to sincerely thank you for having a preface on your show about people getting vaccinated. We can talk about that more in a minute if you prefer. But, um. Well, I, I'm getting a lot of noise from your end, Sherry. Um. Okay, let's see if this is any better. Is this any better? Oh, that's much, much better. Oh, okay. I got the phone closer to my face, so thank you for telling me that. Yeah, it was uh, rubbing and thumping. and. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but, it, okay. But, it's, but it's coming through perfectly now. Um, Great. Sherry, the... Uh, um, and and you had just brought up something um, about the about the book, and I it went right right in one ear and out the other. You said we'd talk about it later, but why not now? Well, it was the immunizations. Um, oh, okay. Uh, keep 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 in mind, I am not a virologist. I'm not an infectious disease physician, and I'm retired, so I don't attend continuing education, but I read what most people read, uh, hopefully from a reliable source. And I know for a fact in the state of Maryland in June, for the whole month of June, everyone that died of COVID was unimmunized. 
And I'm just horrified by the false information that's been shared, you know, theories of infertility. Um, there's a chip in the virus. I mean, how you get that in a needle is beyond me. But, um, you know, this immunization has proved, even though it was rushed through, that um, we, we, we can succeed and get this out of our country if people would get immunized. Getting immunizations to poorer countries and poorer areas, we're even attempting to do that here. But in other countries, it's another issue. But I'm just horrified by the false information that is shared well, and, um, and you said that, and, and you pointed out that some people are under the impression this was rushed through. But when you talk to some people who who do specialize in the field, in in many ways, this had had been worked on for years before Correct. before it was shifted to this specific virus. And so yes. some of the preliminary work had already been done. It was it was really about making adjustments and the testing part that takes time. Yeah, I think that it was confusing that it was an emergency approval by the FDA, you know, because of the size of studies with this specific vaccine. But, you know, I'm 68 years old, and I know my immune system isn't what it used to be. And I also would hate, um, um, I would really hate to uh, think that I would give this to someone, you know, and carry it. And, um, and we don't even know right now how the Delta variant has become more contagious. You know, are the droplets more concentrated? Are the droplets tolerating dehiscence or being dried out? Um, that's true for some of the hepatitis viruses. The hepatitis virus can get on a toilet seat and it, you know, if there's, you know, that's a complicated example, but um, dehiscence is when something tolerates drying out and then when it gets near a host, it comes back and becomes live. So we don't know yet what's making the Delta variant more contagious. So I, I am wearing a mask despite being immunized inside wherever I go because we're also feeling, you know, we've put people on the honor system to wear their masks if they're not immunized. Well, unfortunately, people that are anti-vaccination are not going to wear a mask because they believe many, many theories of this virus that are incorrect. So I want to keep myself healthy as possible. I'm not ready to go yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so, I hear um, you, and I'm right up there with you. I'm, I'm 64. Right. Uh, uh -huh. We need to take a short break here, Sherry. Can you stick around for a sure. few minutes so we can talk some more? Absolutely. Great. My okay. guest is Sherry Rose. She's a retired pediatric and family nurse practitioner and author of a new book for preschoolers called The Teensy Weensy Virus Book. We're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com. We have some messages as well. Dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with um, retired pediatric and family nurse practitioner Sherry Rose, who has penned a book for preschoolers um, called The Teensy Weensy Virus Book and a song to go with it, uh, sung to the tune of Itsy Bitsy Spider. And uh, Sherry Rose joins me by phone. Sherry, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. That's no problem. (laughs) Um, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, uh, vaccine vaccines and and misinformation w- with regard to uh, vaccines, and it, it makes me wonder for for young people that hear this information and see this information on social media. Um, this must be tremendously confusing to them. It, well, it is, absolutely. And I think I, if I had that opportunity, I state, what is your source of information? Is it an EDU? You know, is it from a university? And, and I still, I know we've had some issues with CDC and WHO, but I still look at them as very, very reliable um, the American Academy of Pediatrics um, has COVID information, and they have a wonderful website for parents, healthychildren.org, and it's also available in Spanish. So look at the source of your information. You know, if it's IHateVaccines.com, you know, I just don't think that's going to be a good source. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, you know, the, the conspiracy theories now that have evolved over the last few years. I have to tell you, Tom, I, I just really miss Walter Cronkite. And you, <laughs> I, and I you know, both know who that was. You're preaching to the choir. The Walter Cronkite. <laughs> and that's the way it is. And Huntley yes, and yes. Brinkley. Um, yes, yes. Um, I, I will. Go ahead. Uh, if I could put out one more thing about this virus, this is an incredibly smart virus. It has mutated so many times. They're using Greek letters now. Gamma is out. You know, there's been alpha, beta, kappa, gamma. You know, it's going to continue because this virus really wants to survive in its favorite host, which is a human, and it will continue to mutate. And it's not my intent to frighten people, but if we could go ahead and get immunized, those mutations won't need to continue. And this virus, even though I call it teensy weensy because it requires an electron microscope to see it, not a regular um, microscope, um, it's like a little computer. And I don't know how else to describe it. And um, we need to be appropriately afraid because if you go to WHO, WHO, and look at the global pandemic map, you will see the concentration of infections all over our beautiful Earth. And it's it's really still very much a pandemic. But here in the U.S., um, we've been talking about trying to get uh, to 70 to 80 percent vaccinated, calling that herd immunity, and that that would, um, by and large, bring an end to the spread of this. Um, 
I would hesitate to state that number because and it's I'm hesitating as I as I try to set it up here for you to comment exactly. on exactly. There's there's several sources of information about herd immunity, and it's my understanding that herd immunity is established when we know that people are not getting infected next to someone who's infected, okay? And that is based on every single different virus. Um, it, it just varies. And we don't know, we don't have that data yet to know what the actual percent will be. But for so the... So there's an estimate. Yes. For the Sorry, science deniers, you know, and the anti-vaxxers, yes. Um, mm -hmm. Is is it going to make a difference if we see over the next several months that the people who continue to contract COVID-19 and its variants are people who are not vaccinated? Do you think that will be the proof they need to take getting vaccinated seriously? Well, you know, I can't imagine how they think in the first place. So to project, <laughs> they would be convinced. You know, I would think they would have already been convinced by the hundreds of thousands of deaths that we've experienced in this country and how we've reduced the infection rate in all states until the Delta variant hit, which is more transmittable. And like I said earlier, we don't know how yet it's more transmittable. So, again, this is people that may have just been so convinced by other theories that I will be infertile if I get this, you know, and they've been convinced nothing may change their mind. Um, there are people that I know through other people that they honestly believe there is a chip, an actual computer chip in the virus, yeah, in, the, in, the but, in the vaccine, excuse me. Sherry, and, when, um, I, when I see those people and they're wearing a foil hat, I just don't talk to them. Well, you know, <laughs> I would raise love one another, and that, that's part of the reason for my book. Um, but I also know sometimes you cannot convince somebody once they're convinced. I just wish I had the power or the ability to have been the first one to convince them what was right. You know, the yeah, stories I, are I know what so you many mean. different ways. I, yes. I, I know what you mean because people... And, and rightfully so, unfortunately, doubt a lot of public information. There's a lot of mistrust out there, and it's understandable that some people um, think even even authorities, when they're telling them uh, information ab about the vaccine or or, or even the the um, contagion uh, rates, yeah, they just they doubt the information. And, well, you're right about and, that. And that and that makes and then when you have um, these these variants and um, the the resurgence that we're seeing of infections, then all of a sudden it seems like well, see, vaccines weren't really working all that well, and it reinforces the misinformation that they were already buying into, and and that troubles me a lot. Um, but mm -hmm. but getting back to to kids, especially young kids, preschoolers, um, right? You know, for most of us, we've been locked up for well over a year, 
and you know kids have been kept in the house and you know they're they're learning online they're you know talking to their relatives online and all of that for a lot of us that are that are a little bit older sherry you know (laughs) we think of kids as you know just banging at the door trying to get outside um right is is there some part of this for very young children that might just seem normal well if you know memory doesn't start till about age three and so if they were two and this started there this will be the rest of their life possibly understanding mask use and a complete lifestyle change for us compared to them um i would like to use that opportunity to mention mental health sure because this has taken a huge toll on the mental health of the adults, the elders, and the children. Um, I'm glad that we're feeling like we can get the high schoolers immunized. Um, and, you know, when you think about it, I mean, we require immunizations for children to attend school. You know, the kindergarten physical was part of making certain, which I did many of, that they had had all their shots to enter school to protect themselves and the others around them. I remember I'm giving out salt vaccines in the schools when I was a kid. Yes. You and I are very close in age, and my whole family lined up in the cafeteria to get the sugar cube with the oral liquid live virus on the sugar. Do you happen to know the story of uh, how that, that sugar cube led to the song Spoonful of Sugar? No, I did not know that. You see, you're a musician. That is a fascinating history. Jeff Sherman, whose dad was one of the Sherman brothers that used to write the songs Uh for Disney, um, came home from school and said, I got vaccinated today. And his dad said, well, did it hurt? And he goes, no, Dad, they gave us this little sugar cube. He went back to his songwriting brother, and they ended up penning that song. Oh, my gosh, that's fabulous. Because of the well, soft I, vaccine. I, I'm so sorry that COVID doesn't come on a sugar cube. <laughs> that what? That, oh, that, yeah. The wouldn't... COVID vaccine has not come on a sugar cube. Um, I might have been having to make a song uh, about that that would have been funny and much more delightful but but the shots don't hurt that bad and um but but no i've i've had the i've had the pfizer vaccine the double dose and um and and like you sherry i i i am only beginning to not wear my mask when i'm around other people and and Mm -hmm. i'm pretty selective about that actually well, if I know they've been immunized, you know, that's, that's who I will have lunch with, and preferably right. outside. But but now with the Delta variant, my husband and I, we're kind of getting ready to stay home more. And um, because we know that there's a small percent of a chance that we could get it, we ideally won't get severely sick, but some people are still being hospitalized. And I don't want to be hospitalized. 
if I have to stay home and call my friends on the phone, I, you know, but some people don't tolerate that as well. But back to the mental health, there's been a dramatic increase of substance abuse, alcoholism, domestic violence, and child abuse, and on and on. And we need to be aware of that. Um, you know, mommies who are working full-time and looking over their children is an impossible task. And that could be daddies as well. I don't want to leave out daddies. And um, that's just a big deal. So I strongly encourage in the book to seek mental health treatment. I mean, the therapists are even <laughs> getting overloaded as the physicians and nurses are because there are so many people affected. So if the last thing I say, and I think we're ending at 1045, is please get your vaccine, not just for yourself, but for your family. You know, the family that gets on the anti-vax theme and convinces their grandparents to not get the vaccine could cause their, their grandparents' death. Now, I and know the, the, the song. How did, how did that song come about, the Teensy Weensy uh, Virus song? Oh, well, just I had to have something happy. And when <laughs> I thought of Itsy Bitsy Spider, I looked it up, and it was public domain. Ah. So I could use that, that melody. And then I want to mention my nephews who helped me with the song. Um, I have three nephews in Brooklyn who are all musicians. They work together, and they are the Gregory Brothers. And they're cited in my book in all of my credits. And they're just the nicest three men you could ever meet. And if you go to youtube.com forward slash Songify, you'll find their work. Oh, yeah, nice. Or just Google the Gregory Brothers. And they've sure. done a lot of funny, funny political stuff and um, just are very gifted, and particularly to the younger sect, because now I'm having a, a little harder time understanding the humor <laughs> because of my age. And well, I, you know, I'm I'm yeah. a, a huge fan of humor um, and, and kind of a student of it historically. And um, it, it is a little meaner now. Well, um, I don't know if it's meaner other than just the translation doesn't go to my brain <laughs> as to what they're, they're making fun of. Or laughing about and um, well, I'll have to I'll, I'll have to look up the Gregory Brothers and and listen to some of their songs and and maybe I could encourage yeah. if they've got some fun political stuff because I do a lot of political shows. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe I well, could get them to to let me use some of their songs. Absolutely. Well, they they basically did a lot of auto tune the news, and that was some of their earlier work, which was just hysterical. And then they always are very involved. During the presidential elections, so well, I'm Evan gonna I'm gonna have to check that out, Sherry. That sounds like a lot of fun, <laughs> and, and right up my Evan, alley. Evan, I'm sorry. I, I just said it sounds like a lot of fun, and right up my alley. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Evan is the oldest, and he did the arrangement that's in the book because I put the musical score in the book so oh, that cool. you play the guitar. The, you know, the piano is done very simply for young musical students because that was important to me. If they wanted to play it on the piano or whatever, they could. Now, I, so. I want to ask you, because we've been talking a lot about uh, uh, the, um, 
the vaccines and vaccination and misinformation and, and that kind of thing, which is important for all of us to talk about. But in the song, you specify hand-washing, masks, and distancing. Correct. Do you talk about vaccine in the book, vaccinations? Well, honestly, when I did the text for the book, the vaccine was not available. Ah. Yes. And so um, that was that's the downside when you write a book of such a fluid topic. And my original intent was to write a second book for elementary students, you know, explaining the difference between an electron and regular microscope and how to see a virus and that kind of thing. But I've, I've paused on that because this is just changing, like, by the hour. And to remain current is a big deal. Now, we've considered doing a second song and releasing that on YouTube, including getting your shots, but then... That doesn't apply to preschoolers. That would apply. Right, right. But that might come along eventually. So I want to be accurate for as long as I can, and it's difficult. So um, anyway, so we'll, we'll see. That's why that was left out, is it wasn't even available. We were, there were just conversations then, because the text was finished, I think, in August um, or early September, and then we started doing the design and the translations. So. Do, you, do you think, uh, based on what you've seen and read and, and your past experience, do you think we'll, we'll see um, the, the younger kids in, uh, in school, uh, the 5- the to 12-year-olds, um, do you think we'll see a vaccine for them by fall? Um, I think what's happening right now is they're... they're allowing a much more extended period of time of collecting data. And I don't know the current status of that data because it's, you know, not, I have not read a lot of that's available to the public on that. And yeah, there's so been a I've little been, bit of speculation, but I, yes, I, I just it's mostly wondered. speculation. That's a very good word. Um, and so I, I can't predict that. My worry is this virus is so smart if the adults get vaccinated and the adolescents do and we resist getting sick, does this virus have the capability to then start to focus on children? You know, because when this virus first began, I um, read up a little bit on the, on the Spanish uh, flu. And yeah. there were so many similarities to the way we were responding to COVID-19. Uh, when you compare it to how we responded to the uh, Spanish flu back in 1918. And yes. one of the things that, that struck me, and, and I've kept it in mind throughout, is that the Spanish flu and, and the fight against it dragged out for about three years. Well, I've, I'm sorry to say I think this one will be many years. Really? In fact, the last well, yeah, the last line of my song was trying to give hope so the teensy-weensy virus will finally go away. I have a feeling this might be here. You know, and the, the, Remember, I am not a virologist. I'm not an infectious disease. But if you look at the level of infection in so many countries and international travel will continue 
and the virus will continue to mutate. This is an incredibly smart virus. I don't know that the Spanish flu ever mutated. And so that without mutations, that's how long it took to get rid of it. But I'm concerned that we're going to be seeing this for a very long time. Well, and there wasn't, uh, well, there was global travel, certainly with uh, World War I just coming to an end, but not to the degree it is today. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I certainly wish people would behave themselves when they're on the planes. I, I must make that comment. I just don't understand. The that anger. is a little embarrassing, isn't it, Sherry? <laughs> the way very people are acting. I mean, I just don't understand. To me, it it reflects a level of maturity and um, being kind to others. And uh, so, my mama's mantra throughout our childhood was love one another, and that meant everybody, and that meant all the time. And, well, that's, uh, a, that's that's a wonderful sentiment, and the book is a tremendous idea, Sherry, and, and I, I can't compliment you enough on that. The Teensy Weensy Virus Book and Song for Preschoolers, and um, this is, um, I, I, we're almost out of time, and I want to make sure, as I always do, to let you share with the listeners where they can find out more about you and find out about the book and um, and all that. Do you have a website? Is is there a yes. place where people can go? Yes, SherryRoseBooks.com. You can email me from that website. And um, the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and a number of other independent um, online uh, bookstores. But... Um, I'd be delighted to answer questions. I'll have to confess that when I started uh, putting things on Facebook, we got some really, really ugly, unkind people to respond. So I would be happy to answer any questions as long as they're kind and caring, <laughs> but not the ugly stuff. Well, there's nothing so, wrong with requiring people to be civil. Exactly. And we had to put screens in for no obscenities and that kind of thing. So... But just, this is my, my last words, keep your family safe. You know, whether you live alone or you're a family of 10, the only way to keep your family safe is to get the vaccine when you can and to wear your mask inside wherever you go. That's my suggestion. CDC will get to that eventually, I think. And wash your hands and know who you're with. So well, anyway, Sherry. I wish everybody the best. Thank you so and much. You <laughs> Thank you. And you and your family stay safe. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your expertise with us this morning and for the book. Thank you, Tom. You take good care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Should we sing a song about the teensy-weensy virus? Yeah! Let's do it. The teensy weensy virus came along one day. It makes people sick, so we have to stay away. We wash our hands and wear our mask when we go out to play. So the teensy weensy virus 
will finally go Hello there, away. citizens. Darkwing Bye bye, virus. And every time See I'm you in later. fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dana, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now.
I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. this show with three cameras. Three cameras? Yes, we have three cameras. We have one in the center over here, uh-huh. we have one on the side, oh, yeah. and one over here on this side. Oh, now, all three of these cameras are immobile. They're where? They're fixed. I didn't know that. Yes, they're stationary cameras. Oh, oh, oh. They don't move. You said fixed, doesn't yeah. Well, they're fixed in place. I had my cat fixed a week ago. There. Oh, no, no. It's not the same thing at all. Oh, so, terrible Tom, we used to call it. So, so, so uh, what's important is... Oh, he was the terror of the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, one... Woo! Yeah. We had to have him fixed. Yeah, but I want you to pay attention. He to just me. sits in the bread box and stares at me now. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's very important that you... We call him Sam Spade. All right. Now, just forget about your capture. I have to explain to you what we're going to do. Well, the important thing is just look at the camera where you see the red light. First of all, we'd like you to uh, tell us something about yourself. We know that you are a doctor. Yes, a DM. An MD. MD. An MD. <laughs> doctor, in, uh, in medicine today, it seems to me that most men are specializing. Well, what's happened an awful lot to today in medicine is that we have found that uh, in medicine that many of the people, particularly the doctors, are specializing. Yes, well, I'm certainly glad you cleared that up for us. Uh, we were uh, talking about that old last Thursday down at the doctor place. The hospital. The hospital. The hospital. The hospital. And, uh, and how about you, doctor? What's yours? Uh, bourbon, if you have it. No. Well, doctor, I, I mean, in, uh, in what field do you operate, sir? Well, we don't operate in the field. We have a new building. No. Well, some of the older ladies complain of grass stains. Well, are you an obstetrics? No, we're down next to the elevator. No. Doctor, I, I mean, you do have a specialty. Someone comes to see you. Your name's on the door there. Oh, yes. And uh, it's yes. as your specialty. Right. I'm a surgeon. Surgeon. C-E-R-G-O-N. <laughs> You're a general surgeon? Yes, I do. You uh, you do general surgery? Yes, I am. Well, which I was correct, of course, we realize you don't operate alone. No, we like to have a patient there. No. Uh, doctor, you can go cutting right through the wood otherwise. No. <laughs> Doctor, I, I mean that you do have a crew to assist you. Oh, if I you see, I'm asking you these questions because I would imagine there must be thousands of young men around the country. Well, there must be. I can't get on a golf. Yes, I know. But I've been watching our program tonight, and I'll bet you a lot of these young fellows are interested in medicine. Well, I hope so, uh, because we've got a lot of it we're trying to sell. No, no, no. They don't want to buy any medicine. We're overstocked in Oreo mass. No, no, doctor. I mean, some of these young fellows watching the show tonight might have an interest in a medical career. Oh, hallelujah. Well, we we certainly need them. Well, we need them down at the doctor place. Oh, it's the hospital. The hospital. <laughs> I think these young fellows should realize you just don't get to be a doctor. No, sir. You've got to study. 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 Long, hard period of training. You certainly are. You have to study everything. Study is as study does. Isn't that the You truth? must read lots of pamphlets oh, yes. and hang around the drugstore. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, pharmaceuticals is a great study. It certainly can. Yeah. Doctor, you were very high in your class. No, I get high on weekends. No, 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 doctor. You, you graduated magna cum laude. Magna Right, right there. Number one in the class of over 400. 412. Yes, sir. I was class president and uh, captain of the lacrosse team. Is that so? And I was also the uh, valedictorian. Valedictorian. Valedictorian of your class. 
I see your valedictory address, Doctor. You included a motto. I certainly will. Now, I haven't heard this motto, but I understand this is the thought that you claim is responsible for having put you in this eminent position you now uh, enjoy in the medical world. Medical world is as medical world does. Well, that isn't the motto. No, 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 no. Well, I wonder if we could prevail upon you, Doctor, to pass your motto on to our television audience at this time. You know it might help some of these young fellows who would like to follow in your footsteps. I'd be more than coy. Oh, you're wonderful. Thank you. I knew you were top talking. Thank you. The motto that has helped me through life and through school, and it goes, how many times have we jumped over and said to ourselves, let's go back. These are the new things, and throw out, and we go back and say, how many, and that's not enough. We must feel in our hearts that the highway of life is paved, and we must walk the white line of life and know that each of us that has ever and gone back has known that the new, don't touch me, the newness, we can feel that as you lift it, lift it as you. Know not why, but why know not. These are the things that we worry. All of us, gather a whole big bunch of it and throw it against the wall sometimes. time and spending it here with us tonight. Well, I feel that if I can bring, uh, and, and whether or not. Yes, well, I'm still working on throwing it against the wall, so we'll work on that. But I, I did want to ask you one question before you left, Doctor. Uh, you're familiar with this great problem that's uh, uh, just covering the whole world, the population exposure. Oh, big problem, big, big problem. problem. And, and I, oh. I don't have the figures oh. readily at hand, but I understand that somewhere in the world there's a woman having a baby every couple of seconds. Yes, that's the problem. We've got to find her and stop her. All right, Doctor. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
strange But I ain't never had a patient to complain I tighten it up a little bit here And I touch it up a little bit there Sometimes I'm so involved I have to come up Cause I'm your, your root doctor Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 